Business Breakfast with Oanda on Jazz FM. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. Craig Ellum joins us. Good morning. Uh, just uh, sort of coming, I suppose, hard on the heels, really, of the World Bank's dire warnings about the future of the global economy. Now we're hearing from the OECD about uh, the UK economy being the worst hit out of the so-called rich countries. Now, they tend to see things from a rearview mirror. At the same time, how will the markets react, do you think? I think we can quite clearly say for the last six months that anyone trying to predict the future when it comes to the coronavirus, particularly things like the economic impact, but also obviously the direct impact as well, it has been proven wrong almost entirely. I think I'm always one to give many of these organisations a break. The forecasts are meant for guidance more so than trying to be necessarily correct. But I think this environment we are now in, it's just incredibly difficult. And that's why there's such a varying degree uh, of forecast coming from many of these agencies. But what they all seem to agree on is that there's going to be a very severe downturn in many of these countries, followed by a relatively strong bounce back next year. And I think that's what the OECD is I think most is, people is who don't have to deal with the markets every day, though, say to themselves, don't they? You know, when is when are the markets actually going to catch up with reality? Yeah, and no, I think that's an important thing. The markets do seem to shrug off a lot of this these warnings. And I think that has a lot to do with what we are seeing from many of the central banks and governments around the world. They've all been forced into extraordinary measures and the, the money effectively has to go somewhere. Uh, and I think when we're looking at central banks buying up unprecedented amounts of bonds, of ETFs, of, uh, uh, of asset-backed more, uh, securities, of all other types of uh, uh, debt, then it's naturally going to flow into the financial system. It's going to inflate the prices of uh, of different uh, assets uh, around the world. And that's effectively what we're seeing. It creates enormous distortions between reality and what the stock markets are telling us in the hope that that will help, obviously help to stabilise the economy in some form rather than risk a full-blown financial crisis. And that eventually the economy, the, the economy, the reality will then catch up to the markets as it did in the aftermath of the global financial crisis. That is the hope. Whether that is actually the reality and how long it takes for that to happen is an entirely different mm-hmm. thing. But it does just mean that we are now in a situation where we've got the Nasdaq at record highs and we've got the economy in the worst uh, in the midst of the worst recession in a century. It doesn't really make sense. What did you make of the Fed last night? Because they took a fairly doer projection, didn't they, about what's going on? And this is the first time, isn't it, that their projections have materialised since the real bite of the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah, exactly. So we we are looking at the forecast now for interest rates in the economy at a time when it's extremely difficult to actually do so. They do obviously have a much bigger grasp now of what the economic consequences of the coronavirus are uh, at this moment in time. They have a better grasp of what the more permanent side to the unemployment rate is going to be and therefore they are better positioned than they were even a month ago to make these kinds of forecasts but they're still going to be uh, they're still going to be up for a significant revision over the course of the next months and quarters so I, I don't I think we've got to, in a, to, to an extent to take these with a pinch of salt but they were saying that they don't think interest rates are now going to rise uh, until uh, beyond 2022 so we're talking at least two years now of interest rates at these low levels they expect unemployment to settle just below 10 percent this year so just to give a just to give an idea of just how severe this is going to be on a more permanent basis which i think was very interesting and it shows the 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 job that many of these countries now have on their hands because there are so many sectors that have been decimated by the coronavirus on a more permanent basis this is going to filter through to these more permanent high levels of unemployment even if many of these people who are currently furloughed do go back to work so it really was a stark warning from the fed that the the consequences of this are very much here to stay uh, and there's a massive job on the hands for for governments around the world over the course of the next two years and they're going to be continue to do everything they can but the knock-on effect is going to be that we're going to see these continued distortions in the markets
HSBC is continuing to come under fire for its um, supposed kowtowing, as Mike Pompeo from the United States put it, um, to China. Um, I'm, I mean, look, you know, I'm guessing it's difficult for HSBC, um, but they are in, I think it's 47 countries. They've got 235,000 employees. Their slogan has always been, we are a guest in your country. Some people are now thinking that that deliberate neutrality is threatened by what's happened in China. Well, we have to remember that many businesses have exp- have higher exposure to certain regions. And when it comes to HSBC, Asia is a hugely important region of which China is obviously uh, hugely important. So we can't... W- the, the companies are always going to take a stance based on where they how they stand to uh, uh, to be impacted uh, as a result. So I don't think we can really t- be too surprised um, by what HSBC is doing, whether we morally agree with it or not. It's not going to do something which is going to cause a great harm. And whether we like it or not, standing up to a country like China just isn't going to go well for any company. No company is going to stand up to China and come off better uh, as a result and hsbc is very aware of that so again it's it's great to take the moral high ground and we uh, i think uh, i think when we're looking at a situation like this you kind of want these companies who you're familiar with and to to share your views but i I think the best we can hope for is companies in this situation maybe remain more silent and for whatever reason hsbc is taking the approach that it has uh but I don't. I, again, I, th- I don't think we could be too surprised, and I don't think any company would really act enormously differently. CBI is going to have a new director general, Tony Danker, who is a business productivity specialist. Um, that he was, uh, CEO, he is CEO of uh, Be the Business, which is set up to drive productivity by Charlie Mayfield, ex John Lewis chairman. This is something which we've often talked about in the past, long before the the pandemic, haven't we? About the lack of productivity in in the UK economy. What does that actually mean? Are you pleased? Because he's, this guy's obviously got Brexit experience as well. Well, I think uh, productivity has been a problem for the UK, but many, uh, many major uh, developed economies basically since the global financial crisis. Prior to this, we were uh, booming on the productivity front, and it seems that that's something that's really lagged since the financial crisis. Uh, uh, and therefore he has an enormous challenge, uh, obviously, on his hands. When you throw into the fact that he's dealing in a situation where we have the pandemic and the aftermath of it, we also have the potential still for a no-deal Brexit with negotiations not going particularly well. Uh, I think he has uh, an absolute mammoth job on his hands uh, to try and um, change the course because ultimately we are going to need to see huge improvements in productivity if we are going to see a strong economic rebound um, uh, but then, again, if you look at the evidence of the past 10 to 12 years, that's not going to be straightforward. That involves companies investing in technology, investing in um, in that kind of productivity growth. Whereas since the global financial crisis, it seems that, uh, that, that they've focused their attentions elsewhere. And that's going to be an extremely um, big behavioral shift to manage. Um, so like I say, uh, maybe we've got the right person in the job in terms of his experience, but whether that will actually yield results um, is something that I'm quite skeptical about because I think many companies are going to be incentivized to be doing other things at this point. Craig Ellum, thank you very much indeed. Craig Ellum, their market analyst at Oanda. This is a business breakfast with Oanda on Jazz FM. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. 